and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a weekly podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Grace Berman, a Senior Director with DaVita University. And I'm Doug Miller, a Master Coach and DaVita University faculty member. Today, we get to chat with Lisa Keys Miller, Division Vice President for Katori Division, which includes about 90 dialysis centers in Pennsylvania. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. And thanks for being on the show, Lisa. We're, we're excited to have you. And we love this topic of leading with resilience. And I'm eager to hear your stories and uh, a little bit about your journey. So let's get started. And I want to hear uh, about leading with resilience. And what does that mean to you? For me, it's it's really two main parts. I think it is both how you behave when you're faced with adversity and then how you respond to others going through their own adversity and giving them the space to really go through their emotions and, and be able to recover and move forward. Yeah, I love that. And, and, uh, and I want to tease that out just a little bit more in terms of leading with resilience. Why do you think it's so important for leaders to have resilience and to lead with it? Sure. I, I mean, honestly, as leaders, we're human. We, you know, we react to challenges and we face challenges of, of different sizes and, and different shapes. And if you're not measured in your response to those challenges, you could find yourself on a really crazy roller coaster ride with super high highs and, and really low lows. And as a leader, you're not on that journey alone. You take people with you. So if you're not careful, uh, others are going to be on that roller coaster ride with you. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, you know, leaders set the tone for a team. And sometimes we can forget how much energy we can impact the team, how our energy impacts and affects the team. I'd love to hear about a time in your life when you had to recover from a big setback and lead with resilience. Yeah, I when I was younger, I had Lyme's disease. It was really discovered when I was in high school and went through a series of treatments, thought I was recovered, and so went off to college and was far from home. I was in North Carolina, my family was in New Jersey, and I had a setback. I had a relapse of my Lyme's disease and really struggled to manage school, being away from my family, going to Duke University Hospital in order to get treatments, and eventually made the decision that I needed to transfer back to New Jersey and go to college closer to my family and to my doctors. For me, that was a huge setback. I, I worked mm -hmm. really hard to get to Duke and was really proud of my accomplishment. And it felt like a bit of a failure that I wasn't able to, to complete that and I had to leave and go back home. Yeah, you talked about it being a really big setback for you. I mean, you talked about kind of taking care of yourself, going to the hospital and such and t taking yourself home. What was it like from you, for you emotionally through that period? Honestly, that was a, a period in my life that I still reflect on. I think it's the lowest I've ever been in my life. I, I really felt like a failure. Hmm. Um, it, it, it sounds silly now to, to think that way, but um, you know, when, when you're a student and you, you work towards getting into the college of your dreams and, and because of events that were not under your control, you can't fulfill that dream. 
Um, it was really tragic. I, I really doubted myself. I had a lot of self-doubt. I wasn't sure if it was something that I had done. Um, I found out later that my parents actually, because of my illness, didn't actually think that I was going to graduate college. And, um, you know, it was just a very, very low time for me and, and sort of uh, uncertainty about my future. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for sharing all that with us, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Um, my heart goes out to, goes out to you and to that situation and does not sound fun. How did, how did you become resilient and pull yourself out of that low point? It's a good question. I, I know now in hindsight that there were a couple things that helped me through it. I think number one, um, the connection that I had with my family and my community, I had a tremendous amount of support. Uh, even when I when I doubted myself, they never let me know that they doubted me. I, I didn't know until much later that my parents had concerns about my ability to, to finish college. They were poker-faced and completely supportive. And, and I think when you're in that situation and you see the support and the strength of the people around you, you start to believe it yourself. And so I, I really over time started to believe that I could do it. I was getting healthier. I was getting stronger. And then I, I started to learn from my mistakes and, and realize that I was getting better. It didn't kill me. I was getting stronger. And that mm. allowed me to really keep going. Yeah. I What I love about your story is it's such a beautiful reminder of the importance of connection, right? And the impact that even one person can have on another by not giving up on them, even even if they did, but they just didn't tell you that, apparently <laughs> <laughs> with your parents. So um, let's, let's pivot to your professional life. Uh, could you tell us about a time in your career, maybe, when you had to recover from a big setback and lead with that resilience? Yeah, I, I think the, the story that comes to mind is, is relatively early in my career. I was working with an education reform organization to turn around failing schools. And in order for us to successfully win uh, an application for a school, we needed to have community support. And I came into the process, we were launching into a new market, so we didn't know anyone, but I, I came into the process kind of feeling like we were doing the right thing, it was the right thing for parents, they would be behind us 100%, and that was not the case. Oh. <laughs> we, we faced a lot of parent opposition, as you can imagine, and in hindsight, uh, if you tell a parent that you're closing their child's school, they may have different emotions, even if you believe it's for the right reason. So we needed to get parent support before we could proceed. So what was going through your mind, Lisa, while you were experiencing this setback? Well, I was not succeeding. <laughs> we, you know, we had put a lot uh, into the effort up to this point, and it was not going well. And I, I really needed to think about whether or not it was worth it. Uh, I went back to, to New York and had a meeting with my team and thought about it from, you know, for our organization, does it make sense for us to continue? And it, the answer was yes. From an organiz organizational perspective, it was really important. And then I had to reflect personally. Uh, I had a young daughter at the time and she had been doing a lot of squinting. Uh, I took her to the doctor thinking something was wrong with her. And 
honestly, the doctor said, she's fine. There's nothing wrong with her. The Hmm. squinting is a reaction to stress. Wow. So I... I had to reflect on the impact that my travel and my being away so much was having on her and and kind of in that moment realized that I had to be successful. I had had invested too much, both personally and professionally to this point for us to not be successful. Mm. Is there anything more that you could describe about how you were able to, you said you were able to pick yourself back up and turn it around, but when you're at that low point, like before you were able to, to get there, what did you have to do in order to get yourself out of that mindset that there's, you know, gosh, like, are we doing the right thing? Is this going to work out? Is this worth it? Yeah, I, I think I had a moment of clarity, and that's my one of my favorite phrases, a moment of clarity. Hmm. And I think it really clicked for me when I thought about what what lever do I need to pull to be successful? And honestly, it goes back to those connections again. It, our linchpin was getting community support. So I asked myself, what do I need to do to get that? And the first decision, my first hire in this new market was to hire a community member who was going to be our parent liaison. And she essentially took me out into the community, introduced me to parents, facilitated me you know, sharing our value, why we thought this was important for them. And every community that she took me into, I was able to build those relationships and build those connections. And people started to trust that we had their best interest at heart. So I think it was really having clarity to say, what do I need in this moment? What's Mm. gonna get me through? And then being able to put the pieces in place to be able to do that. Sounds really powerful and meaningful. Thank you for your diligence. I'm sure that the the kids that benefited are really grateful. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Let's, if we could pivot a little bit, and um, as a leader, has there ever been a time where you've had to coach someone through a big setback, and how did you help them build this muscle of resilience? Oh, yeah. Um, a former teammate of mine comes to mind. Um, she had left my organization and went on to another role and was really excited about the role, but was still finding herself unhappy, uh, really because the tasks that she was being asked to do, uh, she felt were tasks that nobody else wanted to do. She also felt that she was being really micromanaged and just really was unfulfilled in the role. The more we talked about it, the more I realized that she was extremely passionate about the work. And when we would talk about, is there something else you would want to do? There, there wasn't happiness there either. So, mm. you know, again, you get to that moment where you have to say, what do I need to do to move forward? And I coached her on how to have conversations with her manager about what she finds fulfilling and what she's draining, you know, what she finds is draining her energy in the current climate and coached her how to have those conversations So she did go back and have those conversations and initially, honestly, didn't see any difference. And I think that's important when we talk about resilience, that your actions may not immediately result in a change. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But she kept at it. She had multiple conversations and, and over time started to see 
her manager's behavior change. And I'm happy to say that ultimately she was promoted into an, an even greater role that she loved. And so, you know, being able to stick with it and have the resilience and, and have the meaningful conversations, though difficult, really paid off for her. Yeah, and I think that's such a great example, too, of a different kind of setback that maybe you don't even notice you're getting into at the time, right? Because the way it sounded, she it wasn't some big event that happened that was a big setback. It almost kind of happened gradually over time where she just wasn't fulfilled with the work that she was doing. Uh, different than, like, finding out that you have Lyme's disease or, yeah. or you know, having a tragedy happen in your family. It could be something as incremental as that. And to even have the clarity to recognize that you're in that low point and a setback moment to get yourself out, I think that's, um, that's, a, that's a great illustration of that. And thank you for uh, sharing and for coaching her through. It sounds like it really well yeah. worked out really well. Awesome. Absolutely. Way cool. So over the years, how, how did you build this muscle of emotional resilience, Lisa? Well, I've had a lot of opportunities to build that muscle. <laughs> um, I think over time, I, I've learned a few things that I continue to build on. And I, I, I learned from each of my experiences. The first, uh, a friend of mine taught me, is you need to separate the stimulus from the response. Hmm. And that was so profound for me. It sounds so obvious, but um, when something happens, you need to pause and reflect and think before you react. Uh, so that that was key for me in, in developing my, resi- my resilience. Um, I think the second is for me, having a really keen awareness of what I'm able to actually change. Mm. And again, I think it's that moment of clarity, right? To be very clear, what do I need to do? What am I able to control to continue to move forward in this in this situation? And then I don't quit. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't stop. <laughs> so, That's awesome. you know, I, I think I've I've developed this this strength to just keep going. And I think, you know, Grace, you mentioned this. It's the incremental steps. It's not a big thing. You you take baby steps and you just keep moving. And I, I think that helps you to to move through whatever is happening in a way that keeps you going forward. And then I would say finally I I celebrate. I high five mm. myself all the time. I make fun <laughs> of myself because I, I high five myself. But I think that's. I important. love that. If, yeah, I mean, if you're facing something really challenging and you take that little step that gets you to the next point, celebrate. Yeah, I don't think that we uh, we remember to do that enough, or at least I I know I don't remember to do that, and I I can't remember the last time I high five myself. Uh, uh, let's high five ourselves right now. Yeah. Everyone raise your Stay hands. High five. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> cool. I love those tips. And yeah, it sounds like you've had a lot of opportunities to really build that muscle and that's it, right? Like you have to keep building it and, and, and it takes time for sure. So um, yeah. we're, we're actually at that time, Lisa. We end all of our episodes the same way by asking our guests to share one practical tip our listeners can go out and try. So if you had to narrow it down to just one, you gave a, really, a lot of really great tips, what would be your one tip on how to lead with resilience? Focus. I, I really think you, you need to focus on what you're able to change and what you're not able to change. I, I think you have to let it go. 
and really focus on on what you're able to do in the moment. For me, sometimes it helps for me to to write things down, especially if it's a really big challenge and I, I find myself spiraling. I make notes, I write it down, I assess the situation, and then I can see more clearly which aspects I'm able to actually control and act on. What a great tip. Thank you so much, Lisa, for all your insights and perspective on resilience. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. It's my pleasure. That was a really inspiring discussion with Lisa and such great stories and tips to help us stay resilient, especially, Doug, during these current times as we're navigating this whole coronavirus situation. That's brought a ton of new setbacks for people all around the world. And I, yeah, and I, I think it's just so relevant right now. Loved her tip at the end. Focus on what you can control and work through the things you can't control. Make a list so you can see it on paper. Completely agree, Grace. Uh, And speaking of tips, it's my turn to follow up on the tip from our last episode with Joel Ackerman on leading past your comfort zone. His tip was to think about the top three issues you're dealing with in your life right now and which of these could positively be impacted by moving 10% out of your comfort zone and into your learning zone. Well, um, there's a lot of opportunity for that uh, in this moment in the world right now, Grace. And and what I would say, yeah, isn't there? What I would say is that um, it was really helpful uh, for me in these times with the increased pressure to um, step out of my comfort zone and just move into action more quickly and not wait for consensus and uh, not wait for as much collaboration and making sure that um, everyone's happy just to kind of keep moving and keep in action. So it's really been helpful um, for me to step out of that comfort zone and, and, uh, in it, and, and we've, you know, we've risen to the occasion and creating some really great materials for the village. Yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely a lot of benefits to uh, be in that learning zone, huh? Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing, Doug. Uh, We will see you all next week, one for all. And all for one.